Hello and welcome to our special holiday investing show. I'm Peter Switzer and I want to get you ready for investing in 2021. Now in mid-December, Berman Invest Julia Lee and Tribeca Investment Partners June Bay Lou looked at stocks on their radar screen. There are ones also that I was pretty interested in as well. The revelation gave some interesting ideas for investing next year and I really did want to share it with you. Then I'd like to share with you an interview I did with JB Hi-Fi's Richard Murray. Now Richard is one of the prime reasons why I like this company. This company has done very, very well and every time it sells off, it's a company I want to buy. Sometimes the stock market sells off because they're buying other stuff. There's nothing wrong with this company and JB Hi-Fi is a top-notch operation and I think you should have a good look at the calibre of the guy who leads it, Richard Murray. Very impressive guy. Well, as per usual, catching up with Julia Lee, at a time when the market you know, had a pretty good day. I think the spy futures suggested we'd be down, but we've headed up. Julia? Yeah, the Australian share market's had a good day, mostly because US futures have been up about 0.5 to 0.6% during the session. And in particular, we saw technology stocks do well after pay surged. It's going to be included in both the ASX 20 and the ASX 50 index for the first time from the 21st of December. So no doubt any short sellers would be closing out positions, which would help to boost the price there. But outside of that, the banks were very strong. Banks were up around about 1%. And then we saw um, it being the Christmas trading session, retailers in focus, West Farmers reached a record high. And we saw both the consumer staples as well as consumer discretionary sectors doing well, unsurprising given the strength that we've seen in consumer confidence, as well as the strength of household balance sheets um, post-COVID-19, given all the stimulus that we've seen. Did you say you were surprised to see that consumer confidence is so strong? Yeah, I think consumer confidence, I think I've been surprised at how quickly it's all bounced back. Um, we, we've seen housing prices as well on the move up and that's helped to feed into confidence. And of course, we haven't been able to spend on things like holidays. So um, I guess that's sort of gone a little bit into retail, but yeah. a lot of it's gone into savings as well. Julia, you're going to start reading me every morning. I've been tipping this for about three or four months. Now, come on, <laughs> switzer.com.au, read that first and then go into all your fantastic company analysis. All you right. know I read it, Switzer. <laughs> no, I know you do. Anyway, um, let's go to a company that got a bit of a clobbering last, last week. And I think over the many years you and I have chatted, uh, Appen's been a company you've liked in, in the past. What do you think's going on there now? And is it, is it a buying opportunity for someone who's a, a buy and hold type of person? Well, Pete, you obviously know I like Appen. So I thought today, instead of um, giving my opinion, I thought I re I'd read some of the broker commentary coming through after mm. that uh, downgrade. Um, so starting off with Macquarie, they have an outperform on Appen. They said that the downgrade was largely backward looking and the positive mm. outlook justifies a continuing outperform rating. City also has a buy. They've retained their buy um, on the firm's potential to benefit from increased spending in artificial intelligence. Uh, they don't think that the recent lower demand points to a loss in market share. And then JP Morgan also has now performed. They said that Appen's guidance downgrade is just a short-term blip and the AI firm's 
shares appear oversold, so looking relatively cheap. And I guess the thing about machine learning is that this area is expected to grow by 36% um, compound annual growth over the next five years. So if Apennoni grows with the market, that's very strong rates of growth that we're looking at. So, you know, with these type of downgrades, I always ask, is it forever or is it a once-off? And Appen did say that because of COVID-19, the tech giants were a little bit slow in new projects. So hopefully next year as those new projects build, um, we will see Appen's demand uh, building as well. Yep, and Silicon Valley is in California and they're locking the place down at the moment. Yeah, at the moment. So um, definitely going to be a post-vaccine story, but I think this would probably be the cheapest you'd be able to get in on Appen in a number of years. Yep. Now, zero. And I, 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 I've been informed by someone who's pretty, in, pretty intelligent who believes that this share price we're seeing now, which is shocking all of us, he thinks it's going to go a lot higher over the next three, four, five years. Three, four, five years, I'm saying. Um, what's your view on Zero? Well, Zero reached an all-time record high on the market today. And look, I think the best part of Zero is really the Australia New Zealand business. I use Zero, and what I like is that the accountants all know how to use it. When you get an invoice, it feeds directly into the system because it's used so broadly in Australia and New Zealand. And I call this the network effect. But with the multiples that Zero is on at the moment, I don't think it's enough to get growth from Australia and New Zealand. What the market's really pricing in and what you're paying a premium now for is growth from international markets, in particular the US market, which is huge, as well as the UK market. And looking at the US market, you have much bigger competitors there like Intuit with much deeper pockets as well. And one of the lovely things about Zero here is that network effect when you get an invoice being able to um, put it directly into Zero because everybody else is using Zero or MYOB, whereas in the US you don't have that network effect. So I think it's going to be a much harder slog. So look, probably neutral on Zero. I do like the Australian New Zealand business, but there's only so much you can grow in terms of hiking up fees to help boost revenue. Um, user growth will probably bounce back next year post-COVID-19, but it's really the US and the UK that you're paying for. And I think that's a much harder uh, slog there to get growth. So I'm probably neutral here, especially given the valuations you're seeing. Okay, let's go to push pay next. Push pay, look, I think that companies, when they're very much in favour, you hit a bit of a sweet spot um, and there's easy profits or easy pickings in terms of profitability. Um, and I think push pay has reached saturation in that those large, massive uh, churches over in the US. So they've pretty much dominated that area. For anyone that's unfamiliar with push pay, it's basically being able to make digital payments uh, when you go to church. Mm. And um, those mega churches have meant that push pay has been able to grow quite rapidly. Now they've pretty much saturated that market. They're going to have to move on to smaller churches. So even if they move on to large and medium-sized churches, it's still going to be difficult to grow at the level they were when they were signing on these mega churches. So I'd actually steer clear of push pay for the time being. What about Newix, a big uh, float last week or the week before? Do you like this company going forward, Julie? Mm -hmm. 
Look, I'm a fan of both Appen and UX, and I do like companies that are leaders in their area where it's very difficult to duplicate the business model. With Appen, in terms of um, artificial intelligence and the area they're in, there's only really two key firms in that area. Um, And look, they need to hire millions of people to service those huge uh, tech giants like Facebook and Google and Alphabet. Um, With UX, it's a software and it's in in the area of intelligence. So whether you're looking at customs or police, federal police, whether you're looking at ASIC, just trying to use um, data in order to uh, pinpoint, I guess, things like financial fraud, um, payments that are going overseas, which might be illegal, and um, like the big four um, accounting firms use it as well. So, look, you're probably looking at growth of more 10 to 20% of, for this company rather than App and where I'd, where I'd expect more 30% growth rates. But having said that, you know, it is a leader in its area. Very unusual to get a company of this quality on the Australian share market. The price is quite volatile at the moment, so I'd look to pick it up more around the $8 mark if I could. Uh, given that it does bounce around quite a bit. Okay, now you, you've talked about uh, loving leaders in an industry. Zip is number two. What's your view on Zip? <laughs> yeah, I prefer to go with the leader or something really cheap, so one or the other. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, Zip is neither. Um, look, I think G- Zip is looking cheap at the moment um, compared to the other buy now, pay later providers because the market's speculating that it's going to probably have to do a capital raising. And that says it's targeting the US market, which has become a lot more competitive. So it'll need to spend more money in order to grow in that market. I think until it does that capital raising, you will see that discount being applied to the shares. Um, so look, I probably, if I was interested in this one, I would get in straight after the capital raising when they've funded a lot of that initial growth into the US. But I'd prefer to be on something like Afterpay or if you're looking for something relatively cheap on Hum at the moment um, rather than a Zip where the market is speculating that they'll probably have to do a capital raising. Okay. While I'm on there, I did mention earlier this year or talk about uh, my Zeet stocks and Tyro was the T in the Zeet. What do you think of Tyro at the moment? I like Tyro. Um, look, I think the big four banks, they're, they're quite slow in terms of innovation because of the way their culture is as well as legacy systems. It's a lot more difficult for the big four banks to be nimble. And in the area of merchant services, Tyro is quite reliable. It's very nimble. And I think there is an advantage in being a smaller company. So you are looking at EPOS payments with retail stores opening back up again. I think uh, Tyro is in a good spot and I think it'll do well in 2021. So obviously, playing that retail recovery story and I think retail is going to be very strong this Christmas season. Okay, BWX. Ah, skincare. (laughs) I use a lot of the products. Um, They also (laughs) own the Nourished uh, Life website where you can uh, buy skincare products if you're looking for a Christmas present for the man or lady in your life. You are are pushing it. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, uh, they're looking to be a one-shop stop for uh, natural skincare. So they own Suikin, Andalou, um, as well as Mineral Fusion. Um, So if you're looking for natural skincare, which is a um, growth area, especially especially in terms of the US and Europe. Um, I think it's in the sweet spot, especially at the price it's at at the moment. So um, we have seen a bit of a pullback in terms of the share price. I would be happy picking it up here. And finally, Northern Minerals. 
<laughs> yes, northern minerals. Well, you know, I'm a lover of rare earths. We yeah. own Linus in the portfolio. Um, Linus is the largest producer of scale outside of China. And you could say northern minerals is Australia's second producer of rare earths. However, you know, um, their Browns Range project, you could really only classify it, I think, as a pilot project, not a full-scale production. Mm -hmm. So they are aiming towards that. I prefer Linus. Um, I prefer production. But look, prices are going in the right direction. And as long as rare earth prices are moving up, then uh, this share price should also be moving higher. One of the things that I do drill into when I look at investments is I do look at the shareholder registrar. And look, there aren't any huge institutions um, on this list. A lot of them are individuals. It seems to be dominated by either Chinese companies or um, people of Chinese heritage, which isn't a problem. You just want to see a bit of a, a mix in there usually with the major shareholder lists, hopefully a few institutions backing the company and a bit of a mix, but there isn't a huge mix there. So just looking to see um, whether they can get some of the institutions on board, and that would be a positive move, but otherwise moving in terms of its results with um, uh, its results in terms of the mines it's looking to produce that as well as the rare earth price. Um, I'd prefer Linus at this stage. All right, Julia, as always, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Pete. Hi, I'm Peter Switzer, founder of The Switzer Report. And if you're looking to build your wealth, my Switzer Report has everything you need. And so I'm inviting you to come and invest in stocks with me. At The Switzer Report, we provide you with expert guidance and actionable advice for managing and growing your wealth from some of the brightest stock pickers and investing minds in the country. And so I've got some great news. For the next two months, we have a fantastic Christmas and New Year offer that I would like to tell you about. If you take up a Switzer Report subscription across the months of December and January, not only will you get all the usual inclusions to the report, but you also will get the following. Exclusive one-off webinar with myself and Paul Rickard, where we will show you the hot stocks we picked in 2020, and we'll also give you the stocks we are picking for 2021. You'll receive a free copy of my book, Join the Rich Club, valued at $24.95. And you'll also receive a free ebook with our best investment ideas for 2021. Sign up today and receive three newsletters each week delivered direct to your inbox on Mondays, Thursdays and Saturdays with analysis from our experts including myself, Paul Rickard, Tanya Featherston and James Dunn and others such as Julia Lee, Junbei Liu and Rudy Philippek Van Dyke. Your questions can be answered in the Q&A forum where you can submit an investing question and receive a guaranteed response from Paul Rickard. Monthly webinars with myself and Paul Rickard and special guests who will answer your questions live. You receive complimentary tickets to our events for you and a guest, including our annual Switzer Income Conference, the Switzer Investment Strategy Day, the Switzer Listed Investment Conference, and the Switzer Small and Microcap Investor Day. You'll also have access to our weekly Boom Doom Zoom interactive TV webinar, which are stock assessing sessions between Paul, myself and subscribers. You'll be able to view our income and growth model portfolios designed and updated each month by Paul Rickard. And you can browse the archives containing thousands of archives and resources about specific shares, the markets, SMSFs and more. Information and insights from people who live and breathe stocks 24-7 increases your chances of making some real money on the market. 
I really want to share with you all the insights I get access to that most investors are never lucky enough to see or hear. Come invest with me using my Switzer Report. Follow the link in the description of this episode or visit www.switzerreport.com.au to sign up for your Christmas New Year offer and join me on the journey of financial knowledge and wealth where I will be able to call you one of my valued Switzer Report subscribers. Well, we're catching up with June Baylou from Tribeca Investment Partners and she's a portfolio manager for the Alpha Plus Fund which she whispered to me when I made a mistake when we did my intro earlier. How are you? I am very good. Good to be here, Peter. Same here. Last show of the year for you. And I'm Absolutely. really uh, happy to be running through some interesting stocks. Uh, mm. And these come from, uh, from a lot of the inquiries we get when we do the uh, Boom, Doom and Zoom show for mm. our Switzer Report um, subscribers. Um, let's start with a company that um, really reported uh, in an ordinary fashion last week, and the market <laughs> gave it a bit of a kick in the pants. But I like the company generally, Appen. What do you think is going on there? Look, uh, we like Appen. It's AI, you mm. know, exposed to that all that AI spend and uh, all of that. But look, what's happening at the moment is that it is uh, it has benefited a lot um, just during the COVID lockdown. There was a lot of spend across um, all these search terms with the large guys. But the problem with um, you know exposed to all these large clients like Google and Facebook and well, Microsoft, Silicon Valley yeah, clients, that's right. right. Silicon yeah. Valley clients is that um, you just need one of them to spend a little bit less, and suddenly your earnings visibility becomes very poor because mm. ultimately. It is a contractor for that whole cloud AI sort of mm. space. So um, it's, yeah, so the client's spending a little bit less. And so that has caused a bit of a downgrade for the earnings. And of course, because it's earnings majority exposed to offshore, so US dollar exposed. So okay. without currency helping mm. them in the last 12 months, um, it is going to put a bit of hurt hit to earnings. Mm. Now, I think the long-term story is intact. And now short-term, there's a bit of a issue because people will build a bit of a, um, you know, story about, you know, whether the earnings growth is real and the like like they always do with every downgrade for every yeah. company out there yeah. so um, in the next six months share price probably not going any, anywhere but i think when it hit closer to that 25 dollars mark you do want to look into this business it's one of the few pure ai exposure um here in australia mm. um and i think the long-term story is still intact there's a few question marks but of course in the short term it's just being oversold yeah do they have a competitive advantage over rivals out there? The fact that they're an Australian firm doing so well with Silicon Valley makes you think that their product is actually quite distinctive. Oh, absolutely. Look, you know, without the uh, the competitive advantage, they won't get those big mm. clients. And the big clients keep allocating more and more money towards them as well. So um, they, of course, the margin is going to, um, not going to continue to grow simply mm. because they're getting a lot of volume. You know, there's mm. a lot of search terms because relevance is one of their bigger business. Yeah. Um, and so on these fronts, um, it certainly means um, the revenue is going to grow significantly, margin is going to be flattish, but still that's a good growth outlook for this business. Being heavily exposed to California with California going into lockdown with all this second wave infections, mm. is there a bit of that in there in this as well? Yeah, so part of the downgrade is due to because of the lockdown that's been impacting their earnings, it's harder for them to sell and get more income. Mm. Um, but um, it is going to be a short term impact and mm. uh, in 12 month time things will recover it to normal. Okay, I'm not going to tell you who told <laughs> me this, but he's but he's a really smart guy, um, and he thinks zero is going to be a really big company with a really big share price down the track. Do you think that's believable? 
Uh, absolutely. Uh, I like zero a lot and I always regret whenever I take profit um, mm. and, uh, in the company. Yeah. Yeah. It's done incredibly well and um, you know, it's uh, some, every now and then people think we should be tactical, you know, because recently share price rallied so hard against mm. the rest of tech yeah. because it was included in the MISCI index mm. and that was a lot of buying the volume. The MISCI index. That's right. Okay. <laughs> We've got no more people watching this. Gym, of though. course, yeah. What is the MISCI index? Essentially, that's the global index um, uh, for um, a lot of stocks, and there's a lot of buying. She's an industry person. It's the MCSI. <laughs> MCSI, that's right. So um, those global index, whenever they include a stock, um, there's a lot of passive managers will have to go out and buy those stocks. They track and, that index. Exactly. Mm. And uh, Zero being a small, well, no, it's, it's a large company, but in a global sense, it's a small company and doesn't have that many shares on issue. So the fund managers need to buy a lot of it to mm. um, as it go inside that index. So um, share price out outperformed the rest of the tech um, in the last month or so mm. and it continued to go higher even after that inclusion. Mm. So um, many why of us... Why was it included? Uh, well, it was included two weeks ago. But why? Uh, why? Because it got to a big size mm. um, and there's just enough liquidity for this company. So enough trading uh, for this company to be a global business really mm. to, to list on that front. Mm. Um, so many of us thought we'd take some profit because of that. But you know what? It keeps going higher. So <laughs> I do think it's a global business. It's demonstrated its ability to grow in the UK, to replicate Aussie and New Zealand business model mm. in the UK. Very strong data. And the US is the next big thing. I'm a believe, true believer of this stock. Okay. Push pay. A lot of people like it, but it seems to be having a bit of a, a struggle at the moment. And you're a push pay fan too, aren't you? Oh, I'm, I'm more of an afterpay pen. Okay. I like a lot of those payment yeah. systems, but yeah. Pushpay has done very well during the COVID period, of yeah. course. They went to the US and then they uh, they gained yeah. a lot of share across um, that payment across that church and charitable yeah. um, space. So basically it works in the church space. And mm. We know Americans have a lot of very fanatical Absolutely, yeah. Who do often they do pay 10%, they tithe. Yeah, that's and right. And during the coronavirus, a lot of people, because they weren't turning up to church, basically did it they online. Were paying, that's right. Mm. So it's a true beneficiary of that front. But yeah. it was gaining a lot of shares well during that period. So it company did really well until um, a few months ago when the founder or the family sold down quite a lot of shares. So, yeah. uh, um, you know, sort of reduced a lot of demand for that yeah. stock. And yeah. ever since then, this sort of struggle a little bit that we've seen this often, you know, for a small stock. Um, and suddenly there's a lot of share that's been sold into the mm. market. It takes some time to digest. Mm. Um, and uh, look, I think it's doing well and but right now it's just being perceived as a COVID beneficiary and what market wants to buy yeah. is the COVID um, what the next next leg of growth which yeah. is the company that's being impacted by COVID. It's interesting you should say that because um, you know we've got going on in our market right now you've got the old stay-at-home stocks or the new stay-at-home stocks that did very well during coronavirus mm. and we're moving into the reopening trade stocks and now they're doing well and I, and I made the point a couple of weeks ago that but some of those really good companies like JB Hi-Fi who might be sold by fund managers to get their money, to take their profit, mm. to buy the reopening trade mm. stock, 
will eventually be liked again. I noticed today JB Hi-Fi. Up is significantly, up. Yeah. that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, I think you're absolutely right. In every, anyone's portfolio, it's about buying a bit of everything. Mm. Buy the leader in every industry. Mm. JB Hi-Fi is so exposed to the consumer electronics space. It was winning share, was doing well, even before COVID started. Mm. The COVID, of course, you know, people stay at home and doing the home, setting up the home office, uh, spend a lot of money on JB. So now that everyone thinks, oh, next year, how are they going to comp this, mm. uh, you know, uh, compare the earnings next year um, but you know what this Christmas is going to be amazing for this business so yeah. um, people still have a lot of money they've got their jobs housing market is doing well uh, our economy looks like it's doing better I think actually think Debbie Hi-Fi is going to have a pretty good Christmas in the next 12 months okay let's move to a company that's been big in the news Macquarie linked Nuix or <laughs> Nukes whatever, whatever <laughs> what do you think about this company Oh, I love that company. Um, yeah, no, clearly. When she loves a company, she yeah. loves a company. I, I love that company. That is a company you want to um, it's, stay it's, in. Do yeah. not take profits. Is this, is this, a, is this like an, another afterpay in it's, that sense? Uh, it's, different different it's business, got, but it, it will have right. the popular... Yeah, it will, it will have a lot of support. And yeah. what's amazing about this company, actually, it's been around for quite some time and it mm. has a, one of those biggest or most widest range of government contracts. Mm. Um, it's, it operates in that security, the data space. Mm. Um, um, it, it's, At a time uh, when security data that's is right, really important. That's right. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, you know big government contract. It certainly gives that credibility that this company deserves. Um, and the earnings growth, of course, is not as high as Afterpay, but Afterpay is different. Afterpay is still establishing its market to mm. see where it can go. This company actually got re like a solid contract and already signed those contracts for the last 10 years. Mm. And it's just been incredible and growing more and more through those every one of those contracts. They involved with some of those most, um, most popularized or you know highly talked about stories, mm. um, uh, security stories or, um, or, or investigations that the company's heavily involved in. Mm. So um, it, is, uh, it is a real business. It's growing at about mid-teen digits. Um, um, it is, yes, it's expensive, it's tech, but it's got very, very um, uh, secure earnings um, and it's um, highly regarded um, across that security space. So mm. I think that, you know, the growth is phenomenal for okay. this business. Now, you've already mentioned you like Afterpay. What's your view on Zip? Oh, I like Zip. Um, interestingly, we have seen Zip struggled um, mm. relative to Afterpay. Um, I think this is a... Um, this is a reflection of what's happening in the small cap versus a large cap. Mm. Um, because if you look at the large cap tech, they have outperformed small cap tech yeah, uh, meaningfully in the last mm. month or so. Yeah. Um, though they were the first one to get sold off when the rotation from growth to value happened. Mm. But now they got picked up really quickly. Look at zero, look at Afterpay. Mm. Uh, Afterpay is over $100 now again. So, yeah, when I six to that. Yeah, mm. and whereas zero is getting sold off earlier. I think the momentum is very strong for buy now, pay later space. Mm. I think the next update is going to be very, very strong right now because small cap managers are selling off some of taking some of profit in those names are yeah. buying the resources uh, maybe it's the mineral resources and the others because resources um, are generally a little bit underheld across the small cap managers mm. so this is what's happening but come january and february when the earning comes around you know these business well before. so you're saying to our audience there's a subtext here and a company like zip 
and probably Tyro as well, because Tyro mm. is a small cap tech that's getting bigger all the time. Do mm. uh, you think they're buying opportunities at the moment? Oh, absolutely. Tyro is, um, I don't want to use the word no-brainer, but it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's you uh, have. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Look, I think Tyro is a great buy at this at this point. Um, share price being sold off a little bit unfairly, not on the fundamental basis, and mm. not because of its earnings. Because mm. uh, you said earlier to me when we started that, that the actual... Uh, improvement in the business. Look it's at, phenomenal. They, they get weekly data. That's in. right. Yeah. Um, so you can actually, after Victoria come out of lockdown, mm. so now the um, the growth is now above 20% again from negative 40% mm. to now plus 20% year mm. on year. So companies back into this growth trajectory um, caught up really quickly. So it is not only a tech, it is also a reopening stock. So mm. and But the share price struggled. Why is that? Because everyone was expecting it to be included at ASX 200 mm. um, and the announcement came through last week it didn't um, so we are very comfortable in March it will but that is just something technical um, okay and we should explain to our viewers mm. the the ASX 200 index is not fixed some companies that lose favor because of their market cap drop mm. out and others because they're growing mm. get put in that's right now when people like you money <laughs> hungry fund managers <laughs> but nice ones I think a company's going to go into the ASIC, you guys buy them on the on the idea that this is going to be a buying opportunity because some people have to buy the ASX 200 if, the, if you're running an exchange-traded fund and have to have the top 200. But if the, if the ASX surprises you and says, well, we're not including them now, Whoops, I bought all these funds. That's right. This is especially true for the passive managers. These these days, there's a lot of managers that manage passive money. That means it's the money that just track the index. So if index has this many stocks, they've got to include them. Mm. So the buy-in anticipation means that, uh, you know, share price, um, uh, when it doesn't happen, the share price, they have to sell it. And Tyro is not an overly liquid stock. So when they do sell it, share price will fall. And Mm. this is what's happening now. And that is the buying opportunity. Yeah. So you're thinking the next time the ASX will review the top 200 companies, mm. you think Tyro will, will get in there then? Absolutely, you'll get in. Okay. And I guess the growth that you're talking about will vindicate the fact that it should be in there. Share price will be a whole lot higher by mm. then as well. So um, it's absolutely it will be the way okay. it's going. She's very confident, isn't she? <laughs> BWX, um, what do you think of this company? BWX, I've followed it over the years. Um, it's the key brand, it's the Sukhum brand. Um, the the, the Sukhum brand? Sukhum brand, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's, the old, um, it's the natural um, uh, skincare product okay. um, that is priced at the lower price point. Yep. Um, and then they sold through the pharma- pharmacies or the price line, mm. and then they managed to gain shelf, um, shelf space across the supermarket. Yeah. So um, it, it's been doing very well. Look, it went through its patches, was going to China, wasn't doing well. And uh, they went to UK, it was a bit slow, went through management changes, but now it seems like it's back on track um, mm. and that it's growing again. But one of my biggest concerns for this stock is always um, you kind of, once one brand just not going to make you, mm. um, especially in that sort of skincare space, you need do need to have a few more brands. So um, I do want to, for me, it's probably a hold. I do need to see them to, um, you know, whether they acquire more businesses mm. or, um, you know, just have more range. Mm. But it's not, it's not a stock that you think is going to fly high um, compared to the ones we've mentioned. So. It's been, it's pretty expensive. It's done very well during yeah. the COVID period. Yeah. So I do think um, there's value elsewhere. It's a bit like McPherson. McPherson was doing very well during mm. the 
came a bit of course they've had a problem with their CEO and the share price was clobbered. That's right. So um, some of the businesses, so in the COVID that you can see there's a COVID winner, COVID loser, and then there's a structural winner, structural loser. Um, and McPherson was one of those uh, COVID winners, but mm. it was not a structural winner. So mm. there's a pull forward of a lot of purchase of their uh, products yeah. um, in the supermarket because there was a huge amount of traffic through the supermarket. Mm. Well, um, I think online. even their cooking products did very That's well. That's right. Yeah. They all did really mm. well. But now that the uh, people can go back to the restaurants and that sort of demand sort of drops off. Mm. Um, and McPherson is always kind of, kind of company with lower um, uh, lower brand power mm. company. So mm. when people don't go through the aisles and see your products, people are just not going to go out and buy it. So mm. um, weak business model will show through. And right now it's clearly going through a bit of patch and mm. next 12 months it's going to be pretty tough. Okay, final one, Northern Minerals. What do you think about Northern Minerals? Yeah, look. Because <laughs> you're talking about um, small cap managers getting into resource stocks. Is Northern Minerals at one on your radar screen or? Look, I think that one is still a little bit far off mm. at this point. Um, I can tell you what's. Um, you know, what are some of the things that the managers are looking into in the small cap space, especially, yeah. um, you know, right now, what's uh, really interesting is the iron ore, clearly iron ore yeah. price pushing higher and higher. Um, it's a quite a crowded position. So people are buying those things. Um, there's copper that's people are going into. Um, there's lithium is the interesting space yeah. that people are going into. Now, lithium is a little bit of a dangerous space because, um, uh, you know, the people have lost a lot of money over yeah. the last it's few years. Sky rockets the next. That's stops. right. And crashes. Mm. So you've got to be mindful because all of them have done very very well mm. but the news flow so far is looking pretty strong and with Tesla going higher and higher certainly puts a lot of uh, demand on those lower mm. um, you know those uh, lithium yeah. producers and technology space yeah okay now while we're here because you you do like the idea of buying quality companies when the market gets a bit silly mm. um, and I wrote for the switch report um, today that I thought Treasury Wine Estates and A2 Milk are good quality companies that seems to be seem to be affected by the current silliness of the market. Mm. You know, China versus Australia, mm. trade relations, and all those sorts of things. Lack of Chinese tourists for A2 Milk. Mm. Am I right or wrong in saying that these are companies worth buying and holding for the future? Absolutely. Look, I think absolutely um, wrong. Absolutely, absolutely right. right. Absolutely <laughs> right. No, this is absolutely yeah. right. Um, people get so fixated with the short term, um, short term panic, short term uncertainty. Mm. Um, that's why equity market is great because it creates opportunity. Yes. So everyone's scared of what's going to happen to Treasury White and the like. Share price is at just over nine dollars. It would have been twenty dollars if it wasn't this for mm. the tariff. Um, so people ask me, oh, does a trade war has to resolve for it to, you know, for it to um, for you to buy this thing? Mm. No. Because sitting at nine dollars, seventy percent of or sixty percent of nine dollars is those premium handful that is sitting in the um, finished goods sitting in the cellar. Yeah. So you're not paying for the company as much. You're not paying that much for the company. Mm. It's not going to stay for stay cheap for long <clears throat> for a premium brand like that. So for us, um, it, the downside is very limited. Mm. And if the trade war gets resolved, which is not our base case um, uh, scenario, um, share price will uh, will rally hard. So next twelve months, I think it's um, it will present a lot of opportunities for these businesses and I think share price will recover. Jim Baylou, thanks for your contribution this year. Thank you very we'll much. We'll see you in the new year. Absolutely. And um, she's from Tribeca Investment Partners, the Alpha Plus Fund.
That's right. Got it right, Thank didn't you. I? For all this time. It's <laughs> amazing right. how I can remember something. Thank you so much. Yeah, have a great Christmas. Okay. This episode was brought to you by WCM Investment Management, a California-based global equities manager with an outstanding long-term track record. This chart shows the significant outperformance of WCM's quality global growth strategy over the past one year, three years, five years, 10 years, and since its inception. Investors can access the strategy via the ASX with their choice of an exchange-traded managed fund, WCMQ, or a listed investment company, WQG. Because you're a chartered accountant, and gee, you don't look like one, you look like a normal person at this point in time, Richard, well done you. Um, you know, when your share price was around the 30s, uh, uh, the, explicably the market went against you and you dropped down to the low 20s, and now you're ripped into the 40s. I, I must admit, I haven't checked you lately. Where, where are you nowadays? I think we're about forty-eight dollars today. Yes, yeah, so I thought around around fifty. So my question is, and I know this is not your job to to explain what the share price might do, but you've done it before. You defied your critics, and you've grown the business. What's going to be the big strategy going forward? So we eventually see. Well, let me pick a price. Not you, sixty dollars. How do you, what what's going to be JB Hi-Fi's innovative strategy? going forward so i mean you and i could get lost in price to earnings ratios i guess if just focus on how do i grow the profitability of the business over the yep. medium term and we'll we assume the rest takes care of itself yeah i think about that it is one we absolutely have to do everything in the eye of the customer yep. um and and so we can't and, but that can't be a blank check so we do have it while we want to delight customers every day we need to do that in a financially sensible way so we work hard with suppliers to make sure that we've got great promotions we spend uh, a lot less on advertising than most of our competitors which means we can make sure our prices stay low but fundamentally and one of the things i'm really proud of is we actually have a pretty um re relatively generous internal reward program for the staff and i think that means we retain the, the A team for our customers because they want to be served by knowledgeable people. And so if we keep, we're very focused, you know, keep, look after your staff, they'll look after your customers and that, that'll look after your shareholders. What's the future of retail? Obviously things are, are changing as, as a consequence of the coronavirus, it's probably sped up a lot of changes. What's going to happen to retail um, shopping centres and stuff like that? What do you think is going to happen, Richard? Well, what you I certainly think that, I mean, we've got a lot of partners that are shopping centres that are very important to us. So they want to be sort of careful how I say this. Yeah. The harsh reality is some of the rents in shopping centres are, are hard for retailers to sustain. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I'll leave others to judge it. But I certainly think for a lot of smaller retailers, those rents are not particularly sustainable. Uh the, for, for us, I think as a, a mini major, we obviously uh, attract a lot of traffic to a shopping centre, so we get a reasonably competitive rent. But I don't think most retailers at the moment think they'll have more stores in the future. Now, the argument for us is, do you have less bigger stores? Do you have less smaller stores? Or do you say, you know, I can get more infill stores? But the reality is I'm absolutely convinced JB and the good guys across Australia will have circa 300 stores. Because 
they enable so many things. They not just customers. You know, how have we delighted customers during a pandemic? Because we have 200, 300 warehouses across the country that we can deliver from and, you know, are within about 11 kilometres of most customers. Whereas if we had one warehouse in Melbourne and one warehouse in Sydney, it's just harder. I'm not saying it's wrong, it's just harder. 